Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm, hanging out with you like we do each and every week here on the home of world football in Southern California. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Galaxy, win again. What is that, six in a row? They haven't lost in, what, seven games? LAFC get a draw on the road in a weird game against Seattle. A couple of weeks ago, somebody on this very show, me, went ahead and told you that the two L.A. teams were the best teams in MLS. Who's arguing that now? Who's arguing that now? No one. I'm always right, eventually. I'm just way ahead of myself, way ahead of the times, usually. LAFC do get the four points from the two matches against Seattle. Should have been six. Let's dive in right there. A 1-1 draw in Seattle, a game in which the Sounders had ten men throughout most of it. Ended up with nine, although that, you know, was just the final few minutes of that, really seconds of it. Why didn't the referee add more time at the end, by the way? That was ridiculous. Took him five minutes to figure out if that was a red card on Calvin Leardham. Then they play like a minute and a half and the referee blows the whistle. Absurd. But in any event, here's, here's the bottom line of what you take for LAFC's game. Eddie Segura, you can never do that again. And I don't think he will. It's a tough lesson to learn. We've seen it happen before. It does happen in world football. The bad back pass can't happen ever again. And Eddie's been fantastic, so what are you going to do? It happens. And Christian Ramirez must score. He has to score on a play that was set up for him, and I mean on a silver play. you got to score. And that's the bottom line. The Sounders deserved a point. LAFC deserved three and didn't deserve three, all in the same. So you get one. And frankly, the Sounders had a couple chances, you know, one or two, but they could have snuck away all three points. So it was a crazy 1-1 draw in Seattle. But if you're Christian Ramirez, you have to score. I understand he goes on social media and says, you know, they're all the right things, and that's fine. Good dude. It happens. But you have to score there. It, 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 there. Two things can be true. Yes, it does happen. And yes, you still have to put the ball in the back of the net. Or you got to suffer the consequences. Like, that can't be going on. That's just, that is the bottom line of professional sport, right? I mean, that, you just have to. It's harsh when you don't perform. And you don't do what you're supposed to do as a goal scorer. The bottom line is he's got to tap that in. It was harder to miss. If you haven't seen it, it was just a crazy miss. And again, it happens. It happens to a lot. I'm sure every player who's played in the forward spot has done that at some point in the career. I would would be shocked if every player hasn't done that who's played any kind of time at forward. The absolute tap-in and you sky it over the bar. So it happens, but it can't. I mean, it's a dichotomy, but that's just the truth. Galaxy beat RSL 2-1, another late Zlatan winner. Here's my takeaway about all this. The two teams from L.A. are the best in MLS, and quite frankly, I don't even think it's that close right now. There are some other good teams. Seattle's one of them. When they're completely healthy, yeah. No doubt. FC Dallas, Houston, D.C. United, good teams. They're not close to LAFC or L.A. Galaxy right now. They're not. I don't care what the records say. I don't care what points per game tell us. I don't care what goal difference says. 
those teams are not close to the two teams that are 12 miles apart here in Southern California. Far and away, the best teams in MLS. But here's what I say about the Galaxy. Red hot, 6-0 and at home, on a massive streak. Yeah, you can talk about scheduling. and all. It doesn't matter. You play the games that are on the schedule. It all evens out in the end. So kudos to them, 7-1-1. One, and one. They've only given up eight goals, the same number that LAFC has given up. Both defenses are rock solid. They can score goals, and they have goal scorers. Carlos Vela, of course, with 11 goals, and Zlatan with eight. But what I notice about Zlatan, after getting into it with Nato Onuoha, he gets into it a lot with opponents, you know, and then he tries to go in the locker room and talk to him, maybe apologize, and Onuoha has once none of it. It was fantastic. I love it. I love that for MLS, because everybody's talking about it. But it, it brings me to a different topic. I like to put a spin on it that's a little different than most, right, here on Soccer Weekly. If you've listened to me more than two minutes, you know that. Dave Denholm with you, at Talk Soccer on Twitter. I want to hear your opinion on this, at Talk Soccer. Zlatan is hard to root for. Now, most of you say, are you insane? He's one of the best of all time. Yes. Are you insane? He's probably the best player that's ever played in MLS. Yes. With a tip of the cap to Lothar Mateus back in the day, although he was horrible while in MLS. One of the worst players ever in MLS while he was here. But he's one of the best players ever played in the league. Zlatan, on the other hand, might just be the best player ever to play in MLS. With you know a few exceptions, maybe not exceptions, but guys who are right there in the conversation. There's been some magnificent players who have played in this league. He might be the best ever in terms of his whole career. I'm not talking about it, even his time with the league, remember. It's just him as a figure, a player, bigger than life. Yes, I get it. It's part of the act. It's also hard to root for. Constantly running down your teammates, it seems. I know everybody says he's a great teammate and all that, but on, you know he's always moping and whining. And yes, Laton, they're not as good as you. I get it. Every pass isn't perfect. I get it. Stop it already. Quit moping because when you miss shots at point blank, which he has, nobody is, runs over to you and starts yelling at you or whines about it. Grow up. And then to just get into this dude like he did and then score the game-winning goal and just get in his face. Why didn't he get a second yellow for that? The taunting. And I know everybody, oh, Denholm, you hate him. And No, I'm glad he came to the league. He's a fantastic player. He spices things up. I admit that. Hard to root for. That's my point. Now, if you find yourself rooting for him, I get it on some level. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you, how, how could you possibly root? I mean, he's fantastic. He does mix things up. He makes it more interesting. On that level, I get it. For me, he's hard to root for. Still, the positives outweigh the negatives. I'm not going to sit here and tell you otherwise. So I'm not going to belabor it. Just something I thought of. And I don't blame Onuaha for not accepting the apology in a sports angle. Forgiveness is a powerful thing. Nobody knows that better than me. And in life, it is a beautiful thing. We need way more of it. But sometimes in sports... When guys are trying to get away with stuff on purpose, you know, and trying to get into the heads of their opponents, they want the easy way out. Oh, it's just part of the game. Forget, you know, I'm going to come in and apologize. No, sometimes then let the, uh, let Onuoha, you know, not forgive you as part of the game. Figure it out next time you play. Don't let it spill over. Don't get physical. Don't get stupid outside of the world of sports. This is just sport. 
But a little sport hate goes a long way. And Onuoha is basically ready for the next matchup. Well, let's see what happens. That's great. That I like. Nothing wrong with the drama. Hard to root for when you're talking about Zlatan Ibrahimovic. It just, they just, he just is. Just is. It's not hard to root for a team that's very good. And people don't want to hear this. But I've been saying it now for well, almost two years. Well, a year plus. LA Galaxy and LAFC have a lot more in common than they want to admit. They do. Look at these teams. Now, they're not exactly the same. They don't play the same style. I'm not, that's not my point. But there are a lot more things in common than people want to admit. First, they're the two best teams in the league by far. Yes, they have that in common. The opponents or the fans of one team versus the other, or even the organizations, might not want the other to be true or the other team to be that good. But they are. They're the two best teams in the league. By plenty. And one side can't say to the other, you're not any good. Come on. That's just false. Secondly, they each have a superstar that is more than getting the job done, without a doubt. Two best players in the league. Not even close. There are some fabulous players in MLS, make no mistake. None of them can can hold a candle to Carlos Vela, uh, see what I did there, or Zlatan at this point. No way. And to argue otherwise is just foolish at this point. Like you're just trying to argue something just for the argument. No one. So they got that in common. They also have defenses that are playing rock solid. Why? Not only because of the great defensive players, and here's where they differ a little. I do believe LAFC's backline is better than LA Galaxy's. But they do it through the midfield defensively too. Both teams are ridiculous defensively through the midfield. Anywhere on the pitch, I'm talking the midfielders. Sometimes they're going to show up a little deeper. Sometimes they're going to show up a little higher up the pitch. And both teams are a little different that way, admittedly. But with the way Jonathan Dos Santos is playing, the way Eduardo Tuesta is playing, Joe Corona, Mark Anthony K, Latif, holy cow. These midfields are unstoppable. And for all the success that obviously Vela and Rossi and Zlatan are having, it's the midfield that are the reason. Now, those guys are all outstanding, and you know they, they would do the job no matter what. But remember, Zlatan was banging in goals last season. So were Vela and Rossi. But for other reasons, you know, obviously neither team won, and certainly the Galaxy flamed out without even making the playoffs. You get my point, though. Those midfields are ridiculous. These two teams have a lot more in common. Hit me up on Twitter with your thoughts, at talk soccer we have so much more that is just going to light everything up black and gold breakdown with the great max Pratos, the voice of lafc on youtube tv that's next that and so much more i am dave at home this is soccer weekly on the home of world football in southern california espn la 710 this is soccer weekly espn la 710 i'm dave at home coming up got to talk to you about former 
Rapids manager in MLS. A good story. <laughs> Yikes. Had to be done. Had to be done. And this always has to be done. It's one of our favorite segments. It is time for Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown. It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this. Right now. Joining us right now, he is the voice of LAFC on YouTube TV, the great Max Prados. Max, always a pleasure, buddy. And uh, let's just jump right in, man. And uh, I want to ask you, the LAFC crazy draw in Seattle, 1-1. It's a game where it did kind of feel like a loss, but then you got four points from Seattle in two games, and I really wasn't unhappy with it. What, what's your take on that second meeting up there in Seattle? I think there's a lot you can take away from it, Dave, and I think uh, in the big picture to get four points out of six, if you said that at the beginning of those two games, you'd be doing yeah. backflips. Um, but uh, I think the way the game played out, again, a lot of positives. I think uh, playing on that artificial surface, you, you hold your breath, but they looked comfortable on it. It wasn't as unforgiving as what we saw in Vancouver and probably in some other places. And LAFC, I think, answered the bell that they can play on a decent surface of that nature uh, in that situation. And then you have, um, I think, a lot of the players getting so many good opportunities. It just wasn't the finishing there. Uh, the red cards obviously disrupted things a fair bit. And you know, we, we were talking to LAFC Vince about some of the things that were going on and whether... LAFC would have been better served playing with an 11-man Sounders team because now they're pushing back, playing a defensive role, when normally they're a team that comes out you a little bit more. So uh, it just left you with a lot of question marks. I think uh, optimistically you would say definitely they were the better team and there would be some frustration not getting the three points. But I was watching the game again last night again, uh, and there was a couple Seattle chances there late that put them in a situation where they left empty-handed, and that would have been devastating. Yeah, can't can't dis or can't agree more with that. That's for sure. He is uh, Max Brados joining us here on uh, Black and Gold Breakdown here on ESPN LA seven ten, the home of LAFC. And Max, here's the bottom line to me: you don't pin it on one person by any means. But if Christian if Christian Ramirez taps it in, which he's going to do ninety eight and a half times out of ninety nine, then they're probably going to win four one realistically. And again, Christian came on and took responsibility for it out on social media. You know. That's fine, you know, but the bottom line is he's going to score that an awful lot, and he has to. And if he does, it's probably another 4-1 drubbing as the game opens up. Yeah, and look, he has two goals this season. It's not like the Marco Urena situation a season ago where he was getting these chances and not converting. He has yeah. two goals, but that is one, obviously, he's going to second-guess. Coming out on social media, I, I kind of wish he would probably just let it sweep it under the rug a bit. I don't think anyone's going to hold it to him. I Certainly not the coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, or anyone, but this, you know, look, in the big picture of LAFC, Dave, we, we're watching everything, and everyone's hitting their marks. Defensively, they've been great. The midfield has created chances, and Carlos Vela has 11 goals. Diego Rossi's still six. He contributed uh, this past week, and again, with the assist. Everything's going great. The one thing that you, I think production-wise hasn't really, you, you obviously want a little bit more, is that, that center forward position. Uh, Dio's obviously had his injury issues, and Ramirez has had his chance and hasn't talked to him. Well, you have Fetal Delia. I don't know if that's an option, but LESC has time to you know flesh that out, and they have bodies. But you know this is something they're going to have to keep tabs on because they when those chances come, you know seventy five percent of the time they need to be tucked away, and that, that you know that is just a position. Ramirez has been involved in these games, but that's a position that's just not hit the marks where others have. 
Yeah, to quote the old movie, the great movie, uh, 70% of the time, that's going to work every time. He's going to put that in. (laughs) But it didn't happen. Of course, they go with the 1-1 draw. Uh, You know, obviously, Eddie Segura makes a back pass. We'll never see him make again either. You know, it's kind of a crazy day. He has been so good. Talk about him, Max, in the big picture. I I really believe he has made Walker Zimmerman somehow better, if that's even possible. Yeah. No, absolutely. Walker Zimmerman is... uh, a much better player than a season ago. And, that, and a lot of that's on Walker Zimmerman's shoulders, I think. Yeah. Uh, after getting the contract, he played with the national he, he sorted out his contract situation, spent the time with the national team, and that allows you to hit the ground running. Uh, so he didn't waste a minute. He looks faster, fitter, more confident. But, you know, the Eddie Segura combination, I don't think that can be undersold because they, 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 they clean up. I think when we, we talked about Simon and Zimmerman a season ago, there was always that discussion, one defender can go up and the other one can re- remain in his defensive posture and you know clean, put out any fires. And it didn't quite work, but it's working with these two guys. I think the back pass for Segura was disappointing. I don't think he'll do it again. But he showed so much grit at the end, even on that last sequence, oh, yeah. the last stoppage time. And uh, uh, the other Roldan comes in really hot on a tackle that could have been a bookable offense. You can see Segura rush at him and yell at him, and then a second later he plays the ball over to Vela that would set up that eventual opportunity where Rossi was taken down just outside the 18. So he's a responsive guy. He, you can tell he's not going to dwell on it. Again, he's the, the Colombian connection, wherever it's coming from for <laughs> LAFC, is bearing fruit so far. Well, that's a, my next question or a comment and just talking with you. We're talking with Max Brados on Black and Gold Breakout here. He's the voice of LAFC on YouTube TV. Max, I mean, Edward Atuesta and Mark Anthony K. people forget that they were injured some last year. Now, Kay, of course, more than even Atuesta, but when those two were out, or one even was out, LAFC was not quite the same team even last year. We're seeing that this season these guys are all-star, all-best-11 level. I don't know if they'll both make it because, you know, you're going to have, like, six guys from LAFC then, but I'll tell you, yeah. they're playing be- they're playing better than any midfield in the league right now. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's going to be room for Lee Wynn in there, and I think that the numbers, I think you have four, maybe five guys you can rely on in those positions. But I, I think with Kay, who's a really good all-round midfielder, but still with his defensive priorities, and Atuesta is a good defensive midfielder with uh, great support skills, uh, kind of like a Michael Bradley uh, or, or others in, in Major League Soccer. But with, with those guys with the wherewithal defensively, and, you know, Bob says everyone defends, everyone helps in the attack. But having those two guys is a much more comforting thing because you know uh, their priority is to, to defend, win ball, and get, get the offense churning again. So uh, I, those two, uh, it's, it's been beautiful to see how well every partnership is worked. Dave, you pointed out, you know, it's everyone's getting a dance partner here. Rossi and Vela, Zimmerman and Segura, Atuesta and, and Mark Anthony Kay. You know, it's, 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 it's a good old dance ball. Yeah. And one thing now with Lee Wynn getting healthier, Max, here's, here, I'll say what I would do, and I'll just, you can feel free to disagree. If I need a Stephen Betashore, like if he's missing a game, obviously injury, or if he needs a rep, whatever, or even J- Jordan Harvey on the other side, I think I push Latif back there, and then let Lee Wynn have Lee Wynn come into the midfield. Max, am I? Is that something that you might consider doing if you were the man? You know what I mean? Like Latif then can go play on those wings and get up and down. We yeah. saw it in the second half; it changed the game in the second half against Seattle for sure. 
I think it's a great idea. I think when you want to get your, your best 11, I think you lose a little bit because Latifas look good in the attack. I mean, he was the guy who put the ball in for Ramirez. Yeah. Uh, he looks great. At, it moves you moving into that final third. But in order, you look at the big picture, hey, we can bring Lee Wynn in, and if one of our fullbacks, to your point, isn't working out, that makes a lot of sense because the guys who have come in at the fullback position haven't given you much of a pop other than Latif. So, Way to put your coaching hat on. I think I spoke to Rogan Dino. He was kicking the tires on that idea, and it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I think Lee Wynn's a great player. We saw him last season, the beginning of this season. You got to get him in there, and that seems like a good course to do it. So but the good thing is on that, Dave. Yeah, but the good thing is, if you do have Latif in the mid, you don't have to rush Lee Wynn back from the injury. Obviously, I mean, because they're playing so yeah. well in the midfield. What about and and Max? I don't I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know where I stand on this. <laughs> Andre Horta, I'm head-scratching. You know what I mean? I see the kid's talent. I really yeah. do. I, I mean, I don't think anybody can even doubt that at this point. I don't care what you think of him or what's, you know, what it... Sometimes things don't fit at certain clubs. We understand that. It's soccer, right? It's a big world of football. And there's been far greater players than Andre Horta who maybe haven't cracked a certain lineup when they went to a team. I, I, this kid's got a lot of talent, Max. Where? What What do we do here? What's going to happen? <laughs> He has talent, and I was at training, and uh, he was running and uh, getting after it because he's had his injury concerns. But yeah. he has a lot of guys to jump in front to get playing time. A lot of things have yeah. to happen. He'll maybe get his opportunity in the summer with Gold Cup uh, responsibilities for a couple of players and some international duty. And the U.S. Open Cup will afford that, but it's not a lot. You know, what if, what if the U.S. Open Cup's one game? You know, you can't. Exactly. I, it's hard to see where he's going to get the playing time, and is he going to sit there and wait? I, I probably not. So. I mean, that's a decision the team's going to have to make. I mean, it, it, right now, he is a really nice luxury player to have. Okay, in a pinch, you have a guy there that still has to find those expectations. But is he going to be happy in that situation? It's, you know, these things come up. But, you know, LAFC have hit the mark on a lot of their, their, their guys. This one, not yet. And I hope it ends well. Uh, but if you can get more value there, then LAFC has to look at how they do it. But right now, sure. uh, We'll see if the, the late spring and summer gives him some chances to show what he's got. I didn't think I would say this, but I wish Portugal would have made the U21 championship. <laughs> you know, like at, at the time, I was like kind of rooting against them, if I'm being honest. And they ended up, you know, missing <laughs> out. This is a problem. This is a problem with the sport we cover. How can you think of all these things in advance going to I know. What do I want? I'd love to see a hat trick for Messi. Or then maybe <laughs> Portugal going to 21 so we can get horses and games. Yes, because at the time I was like, "Oh, I hope they lose so we can have Horta at LAFC the whole time," you know. And then, ah, but, I see. You know, I now it's like, you "Oh, know. you know, be careful what you wish for," kind of thing. <laughs> uh, Max, as we go forward with LAFC, now you know, I got to be honest with you. I, I've been saying it for weeks now. I said it before they both came to the top of the standings. Uh, LAFC, LA, Max, the two best teams in the league play in Los Angeles, twelve miles apart. At this point, I don't think anybody can even dispute that right now. Look, I, I, 100%, I will take my cap off to what the Galaxy have done, getting Guillermo Barros Esqueloto, uh, Dennis DeClosa. Those guys yeah. clearly know what they're doing. I, I had a long look at their game um, against Real Salt Lake. Uh, they have good young players, Altuna and um, uh, Traore. These, I mean, they're Polentas. This, this Uruguayan guy is kind of... Finding his, had some his moments, spot. yeah. He's had some. Yep, it, he's had some moments. Yeah, there's some moments there. But I just think there's guys that you look at. And obviously, uh, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos 
uh, who I think has been their best player. But it, it's it, it, when we talked about the Galaxy, it was Zlatan, Zlatan, Zlatan. And, and that's if you talk less about Zlatan, that's good for the Galaxy. That's good for Zlatan. Yeah. Because there's different things you could do. It. I mean, again, I, I don't want to jump the, jump the gun here. These are, they've all had good moments, uh, collectively, not consistently, um, but I, I think it has to be very promising. I know they have a tough stretch coming up, but man, I hope they're one and two because you get these uh, rivalries in a city uh, like Milan or Glasgow. Uh, this LA for everything it provides. If that yep. if they have these great chapters, it's going to be a, a, a rivalry that captures the attention. Of the globe, one hundred percent, because you're gonna have big yep. stars and big games. I'm pumped. I'll say it. I'll say it. I want the Western Conference Final at the Bank. Okay, let's go, uh, LA Galaxy, LAFC. <laughs> let's go. I mean, that's what we should be rooting oh, for. Yeah. Sign me up. That's something that we can actually go to bed and think, dream about, and not have to worry about second thoughts of like Portugal under twenty one making <laughs> the, the tournament. <laughs> oh, that's why he's the best. You see, see how you do that, radio people. You reference back. See, that's why Max brought us is the best broadcaster. He is the voice of LAFC on YouTube TV. Uh, Max, thanks so much for taking the time, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Uh, you're, you're, the, you're the best, Dave. You're a beautiful man. Anytime, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Max Bredos from uh, the voice of uh, LAFC on YouTube TV. Check him out. He is uh, he's a fine man, too. I love the guy. Make no bones about it. Not of these off the air. I can uh, gush about him even more. I love the dude, so he's not hearing this. And I really appreciate him taking the time. Hey, uh, stick around. So much more to get to, including... As we get closer to the end of the show, stoppage time still to come. I'm Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly on the home of world football in Southern California. What? ESPN LA 710, of course. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm hanging out with you here on the home of world football in Southern California. Hit me up on Twitter at Talk Soccer. You can follow us there. What's going on with the show, etc., etc. And don't don't forget, we are the home of us of LAFC here in Southern California. Game coming up on the weekend, Saturday against Chicago Fire. You can hear it on the ESPN app. And uh, actually, I think we'll be joined on the uh, radio station in progress. I think there's a little bit of a, what, Mario? We got the Warriors Rockets, I think, going on or something like that. Yeah, as soon as that that wraps up, we're going to go live on 710 ESPN LA. Oh, okay. So we might start a little bit on the app. Mm -hmm. Make sure, you know, if you're just listening around about, a lot of people listening on the app anyway. Yeah. You'll be fine. But, uh, yeah, we can also hear us on ESPN LA 710 that day as well once that uh, game ends. And that's fantastic. I do want to, there's a story coming out of MLS. And, you know, we just talked with Max Bredos and Black and Gold Breakdown. Thanks so much, Max, for joining us. There's another story out of MLS I thought was fantastic and interesting. Over the weekend, Colorado Rapids lost. That's not interesting. That happens all the time, right? They're winless. They're, oh, I think, 0-7-2 now in their first nine games. Only team without a win in MLS at this point. And they're, they're awful. They have had, you know, five games on the road. They've lost all five. They've got a couple of points at home. Well, they got rid of their manager, Anthony Hudson. And I got to tell you, I was shocked it took them this long. Not because of, you know, being 0-7-2, which, yeah, is bad enough. After what he said, after the last loss over the weekend, it was amazing. They lost 1-0 to Atlanta in Atlanta. Yeah, pretty good game, you know. And Anthony Hudson, then manager of the Rapids, went on to basically say, quote, his team had, quote, a massive gap in class, unquote, with the rest of the league. And I'm reading from the MLSsoccer.com story about it from Tom Bogert. 
He basically went out and said, yeah, my team has no talent or doesn't have anywhere near enough talent to compete. And I was like, are they not firing him immediately after that? They ha- How's the team going to play for him? Well, clearly he must have known. He's setting himself up to kind of exit so other people in his next job, well, you know, not good, mind you, but he can basically blame it on, look, I had no talent on this team. He took over in November of 2017, according to this article, he's a record of 8-26-9. Have a little more class, Anthony, to an organization that let you stick around for 45 or whatever, 43 games with that kind of record. But no, he basically probably, he must have saw the handwriting on the wall. Because if he didn't, then he... You know, come on, how ridiculous. You know you're going to get fired after saying that, right? You have to. I was shocked it took the Rapids that long. Now, there are contractual reasons, and maybe they were trying to figure things out. I get that. Kudos to the Rapids for firing Anthony Hudson after he said that this week. You, sh- I mean, sure, his record is fireable enough. That's a fireable offense anyway. But you can't let your manager go out there and say, yeah, we don't have any talent. Basically, the league's way past this talent-wise. How are you going to go back in the locker room and coach those guys? Yeah, you're not really any good for this league, but I'm stuck with you. I mean, that is ridiculous. He had to go. Just absurd. And so he's out. Rightfully so. Again, I was lamenting how it was taking him that long and... Turns out they they only waited a little while. Kudos, again. The Rapids have not made a lot of great moves. Bottom line, recently. And that's why they're in this mess. But this is a good move. You can't allow your manager to go off like that. How is he going to coach these players? So Connor Casey takes over as the interim head coach. Former... Player in MLS played a lot in Colorado. In fact, he spent most more games in his career than with Colorado than any other team. Did pretty well for them. I'm on his Wikipedia page. Fifty goals for them in like 120 games. Not bad. Connor Casey can put the ball in the back of the net, so he takes over. And here's the thing: what Anthony Hudson said is not necessarily wrong in terms of factually. He was being honest. When a manager comes out and says, we don't have the talent to compete, he's probably not lying. Doesn't take over the fact that he has to be fired immediately, (laughs) but the Rapids are just in deep trouble. And a lot of their rebuild was heading over to the English Championship and grabbing players. Yeah, it didn't work. So they went to another route and tried to sign some older MLS players. Not working. Not working. But again, maybe this is the start of something because this is a good move. You have to fire Anthony Hudson when he says that. You just got to. And it's time to move on and they'll move in a different direction there. Again, it's MLS. You never know. Connor Casey could come in, shake things up a little bit, get him going in the right... You never know. That's one of the beauties and one of the hair-pulling things about MLS is you just don't know week in and week out. 
We'll find out. They actually have a game on Friday night. Colorado's hosting Vancouver. Another really bad team. So, you know, you get things going. You give Connor Casey in his first game as interim manager a home game against a bad team. Yeah, see what happens. Other weekend games of note. D.C. United will be hosting Columbus. Of course, as I mentioned, we have LAFC and Chicago right here on ESPN LA. I'm very interested in that one. And Columbus, uh, as I mentioned, will be taking on D.C. Uh, you know, D.C. United, real, really quickly, it just goes to show you where the West, the West is just so dominant. Well, yeah, we talked about it earlier in the show, LAFC, LA Galaxy, two best teams. Seattle's the third best team in MLS, in my estimation. FC Dallas is the fourth best team. Houston Dynamo are the fifth best. There are five teams in the West that are better than the East. With the one exception, and it is in D.C. United. And I know Josie Altidore's injured, but it still might be Toronto, TFC. Keep an eye on them. They still are going to make a lot of noise. So something happened in MLS that i got to go off on, all right? And I want to spend more time on it. it we, the Sounders played LAFC on, the, in we, on Sunday. You heard it here on the ESPN app. And Christian Roldan in the 18th minute got a red card. Right? Smacked Edward Twest in the face. Referees took a look at it. They talked. Red card. So earlier on the day, earlier today, the league actually rescinded the red card and gave the Sounders a win on their appeal. So Christian Roldan will be able to play against Minnesota United on the weekend. He's he, The red card is rescinded. This, again, screams of the disgrace of video replay. I know you people sometimes are sick of me saying it. However, a lot of you are starting to come around to it, to what I've been saying. And if you agree or disagree, hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Video replay is a disgrace because of this. Another great example. You have a referee give a red card. You have video replay in effect watching the replay of this play. Still give a red card. So now, days later, you've got more people apparently sitting around in a room, a disciplinary committee, watching more video, same video, and they decide video replay, they must be deciding video replay is dead wrong, right? How are you rescinding a straight red in a disciplinary committee meeting days later? Well, clearly, video replay gets it wrong again. Taking me back to my point, if they're going to continue to use this garbage and it's not 100% right, why bother? Why bother? I understand if you don't have video replay in effect, a referee gives a straight red to a questionable decision yeah, of course it's going to be a red during the game, but then you may take a look on it as a committee and you think, well, that's harsh. He didn't have the benefit of replay. It's in the moment. He gives the red card. We understand. We're going to rescind that red card. You have video replay. They looked at it. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It, you're just You're just compounding the fact that, yeah, in a weird way, not in so many words, you're saying, yes, Here's a Christian Roldan and the red card. We're rescinding it. Slash video assisted replay is a joke. That's what you're saying. When you say we're rescinding a red card that was given out with the use of video assisted replay, VAR, 
You're saying it's a complete and utter travesty, whether you mean that or not. I mean, who doesn't see it this way anymore? What is going on? I don't even care that they rescinded the red card. I've seen far worse. I mean, he slapped the guy in the face. That's supposed to be a red. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect LAFC because they're not playing Seattle next week. Right? He was already out of that game. It's not going to affect the Galaxy because they're not playing Sounders. Now, it is a Western Conference opponent that will now have to face Christian Roldan. But it's a joke. It's not even about that play. It's about video-assisted replay. Absurd. How do you not see the the absolute asinine-ness of that? It utterly makes no sense to me. And yet it just keeps rolling on and on that way, and people will still be, oh, it's still good, it's good for the game, it's video. They never get 100% right. In fact, I don't know, with even with video replay, that they get a percentage that's that much bigger right than they already do. I mean, come on! And then you still have to figure out how to use it. But that's all beside the point. Then you go to a disciplinary committee watching the same video three days later. And you're changing... What is this? Video assisted? Assisted replay? Is this V-A-A-R now? Where does it end? Utterly ridiculous. Why do I always always have to be right? Why do I always have to be right and frustrate myself with this stuff? Because nobody wants to change. When it's so clear... Uh, give me your thoughts on Twitter, I guess, at Talk Soccer, I guess. You can follow the show there, of course. Hey, don't forget, if you miss anything of the show, you miss any of the interviews you want to hear, stuff of my rant earlier, you can go to the podcast, at Soccer Weekly, you know, just search it on iTunes, ESPN Pod Center, all your podcatchers, subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate that. It, it, it just drives me batty, I'm sorry. It just, sorry, not sorry, it's just... So infuriating. Time and time and time and time again. Hey, uh, I don't want to spoil it because it's actually going on right now. And I got in trouble earlier in the week by spoiling something from Game of Thrones on Twitter. Come on. It was days after that Sunday episode. Come on. Give me a break. But I don't want to spoil it. It is currently going on. The Champions League, CONCACAF Champions League. I'm not watching it, but it is going on. Monterey and Tigres. Second leg of that. I just wanted to put it out there. The first leg, of course, went Monterey's way, 1-0. Very curious to see when I am able to watch this, when I get done, and go back and watch. So I'm not going to spoil it or anything. I'm not watching it right now. Very curious to see how that plays out because, whoa, two best teams in CONCACAF. We will have a CONCACAF Champions League champion on the evening. That's good stuff. I'm Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly. Stoppage time still to come. All that and so much more. Right here on the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly. Hit me up on Twitter at Talk Soccer. Don't forget, coming up on Saturday, it'll begin on the ESPN app, but it'll be after NBA playoffs. We'll have LAFC hosting Chicago Fire right here on the home of the black and gold ESPN LA 710. Time now for the LA Care Injury Report. At LA Care, our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage to all Angelinos. For more information, visit lacare.org today. LA Care for all of LA. LAFC, I mean, they're getting a little bit healthier with some guys that you're really looking forward to seeing, right? Uh, Fito Zelaya, 
Adama Diamande still with the hamstring issue, questionable from the last game, didn't play, wasn't in the 18. Steven Badershore missed with the left knee. So there are some injury concerns. You've got Danilo Silva out, uh, among others. LA Galaxy, a little healthier. You'd have uh, Julian Araujo, who had the foot injury. That's a, a, But the big injury is Roman Alessandrini. Got to talk about that. He had knee surgery out, expected about four months at least. So that is a tough blow for the LA Galaxy with Alessandrini, of course, being one of the top players. Very good offensively, very good player, and uh, that will be a big blow. That is your L.A. Care injury report. It's time now for everybody's favorite segment, Stoppage Time. It's Stoppage Time! Yeah, Stoppage Time! It's Stoppage Time! Right now! Mario Reeves, the great producer of the show, the host of Stoppage Time. What's going on, Mario? What's happening, Dave? How's it going? Good, man. Let's get right to it. What are the story? What is the story today? We got the Women's World Cup, Dave. It's right oh. around the corner. We're yes. getting pumped for this. The tournament kicks off on June 7th in France. Uh, the Cannot US Open, wait. The U.S. women's national team are the favorites at plus 250 to hoist the trophy, man. It's, mm. There's something exciting here. They got in their group. They got Sweden, Thailand, and Chile. Yeah, not not a horrible group. So Sweden's certainly tough. I do think the U.S., Mario, are the favorites again, but I would be a very, uh, uh, you know... I got to be honest with you. They're not like the old running favorites where they used to be like nobody. You could take the field against the U.S. In other words, you know, like, I mean, right. it was just going to be the United States. Clearly, there's some very good teams out there in the women's game. Now, France, Japan is so skilled, so technically good. Uh, there's a, some very, very good sides. So this is no walkover for the U.S. going in. This ought to be a really fun tournament. I cannot wait. Again, as Mario said, June 7th. Let's get going. Oh. Yeah, and there's a huge billboard across the Hotel Figaro, across the face of it. Yes. It is sick with the U.S. Women's National Team. I love it. It's so dope. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, keep an eye on Germany, too. i I, I got to mention them. I think they're one of the favorites, too. Stop it, time! Dave, earlier in the show, you talked about uh, getting in trouble for spoiling the latest Game of Thrones yes. episode. Now, the ratings just came out for that episode, and according to the New York Times, the last episode had 17.8 million viewers on wow. Sunday, setting a new single-night record for the series, beating the previous series high from two weeks ago. Yeah, you know, crazy. But here's what I, it is, and imagine how many people watch it after Sunday, too. So how many people are going to watch the thing is, uh, you know, probably... 100 million by the end of it, by the time it's all oh, yeah. said and done with any reasonable. But here's the thing I wanted to. Everybody on Twitter is always like, oh, who cares? It's game. Stop with your Game of Thrones thing. Look, I get that to a certain point, okay? But why would you bother? To, it's kind of like the old days with soccer, Mario. Remember when I, I first came to LA 20 plus years ago and I was the soccer guy, right? That's what I was known for yeah. on sport, sports talk radio. And everybody was like, oh, it sucks. Soccer, you're an idiot. You're blah, blah, blah. Who care if you don't like it? Who cares? Why are you wasting your breath or your tweets saying, "Oh, this is stupid"? Why is anybody? I don't give a rip about. Yeah, okay, you don't care. That's fine. Yeah. What? Why bother? What? Do you, why are you wasting your breath? Oh, soccer sucks. What, what does that? What does that prove? That's nothing. People like it. Who cares? You and I are ahead of our time, Dave. That's what. Thank it is. you. Come on. Thank you, Mario Reeves, and thank you again, Mario, for hosting Stoppage Time and, of course, producing you, this Dave. fabulous show. Mario is, of course, the producer of LAFC as well. We are the home of LAFC. Don't forget, coming up on Saturday, we'll have it right here on ESPN LA Seven Ten and the ESPN app. In fact, 
You might get a little bit of the NBA playoffs to start, so go to the app and then go to ESPN LA 710 for the LAFC Chicago Fire game at the bank. I am Dave Denholm. Thank you so much. Once again, pick up the podcast. If you missed any of this show, just search Soccer Weekly on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review. Go to the ESPN Pod Center. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell everybody. Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Denholm. This is the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710.